Hey everybody, welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And if this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here. Today is totally different for a variety of reasons, but before I get to that, um, we're a happily married couple of thir- going into 14, 14, it's our 14th year, and we have four kids, 11, 9, 7, and turd, and um, we live in Montana and homeschool and things, and you should expect a whole lot of unscripted conversations that just really ramble between the two of us. So we did, I do confess that last night we did spend a long time just talking about things, which is something of a rarity in this household, given how busy we are and how many kids we have and just we're old and tired. Does that, are you saying we spent a long time talking because you say that normally, normally we just don't spend a lot of time talking. I usually open the show by saying that we don't have converse we save conversations for the show oh. and in this case we talked a bunch last night but you're right it wasn't really stuff we'd end up talking about on the show. Anyway, the reason this episode is special is for two reasons. One, it is episode 100. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's taken us three and a half years to get here. We started January of COVID, right? January of 2020. I think so. So 2021, 21, two and a half years. Okay, two and a half years. The other reason it's special is because we're recording this on a Saturday morning. <laughs> we, we, we usually do it on Tuesday afternoons. Yes, and we kept trying to get a show recorded this week, and it just didn't happen like I wanted it to. It is wild, you guys. Yesterday, I texted Jay part part way through the day. And I was like, why is today so stressful? And it was... It wasn't it, supposed to be. It, it wasn't actually supposed was to like, be. It was supposed to be a lot of fun. Like, I woke up stuff. thinking, oh man, I don't have anything going on, on my plate today. And I'll just spend all day in the studio working on some budgeting, some finances, some music. It'd be great. It did not happen. I got two hours of some finance stuff, but that's that's it. And I had some kids shuttling and... Fancy kids waiting for friends to come pick them up from playdates. And then right before Lily was supposed to go to a playdate that involved swimming, she couldn't find her swimsuit. And so we plowed through everything I could imagine trying to find her swimming suit. Couldn't find it. Sent her with a rash guard and some workout shorts to the friend's house. And then... Right before we, the whole family was, well, the whole family except you was supposed to meet other friends at the pool. I had to run out to a store and buy her a new swimming suit. And fortunately, I found one, a nice one for a decent price. And I just had to go to Shields down the street. From well, us. I was going to go so to the pool was... with you guys. And then we started looking at you and I had sat down because we got back from the cabin, right? On like Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then I had to work. And then so we, we sat down to look at our schedules. And filling things out, because now I'm kind of juggling two different employers with multiple gigs across multiple days and multiple weeks and months. And then we've got some family trips coming up and some things here and some things there. And so we were trying to compare calendars and get everything straight. And a friend, Laura, I can call her out on the show. She's cool with it. Laura calls, texts us and says, hey, do you want these skis? (laughs) And She's got a pair of skis. I'm like, well, yeah, of course I want the skis. They're and a then, perfect size for our kids to grow into. Yeah. And then it just so happens that our she's teaching our kids violin right now. And we have this super teeny, by the way, it's a tenth. 
size. Oh, I didn't realize. I thought it was in one-tenth size violin. Okay. Um, So we have a Faith's violin. Is Faith is super? It's adorable, you guys. Little teeny kids Mm -hmm. and violins. Little teeny geese or little teeny kids with little teeny violins. Yes. Anyway, it needed a new string, and I was like, you know, I should have Laura. I'm the musician of the family. I should have Laura show me the ins and outs of tuning and changing strings on those things, and they're all pretty. Uh, it's all the same except for the fact that uh, the, the tuning pins on tuning pins on the head of the violin are friction, so pegs. So you pull them in, push them in, and pull them out. Oh, but the she said they stay of, they stay in tune a lot better than anything else. Huh. The other thing about tuning a violin or re- replacing strings on a violin, I'm sure Laura told you this, but I had no idea. The bridge, which is the thing that so we sing a song before at the beginning of the violin class mm-hmm. where we learn about the different parts of the violin. The bridge is the little piece of wood that keeps the strings mm-hmm. off of the body. Yep. Off of the neck and as well. And, and it is not glued in place. So if nope. you were to take all of the strings off, the bridge would fall out of place. And so you have to keep tension on it in order to keep the bridge the in bridge, place. The bridges on guitars are the larger piece and then your guitar string pegs go into the bridge. Those are glued down usually, but the nut, or sorry, not the nut, the, um, I'm staring at my guitar and my mind is flaking right now. There's an insert nut type piece in the bridge that the strings rest on. That's just pressure fit. That just sits in there. Oh, huh. Interesting. So, um, yeah. So then anyway, so she's like, Hey, and do you have a pickup truck? And I'm like, yeah. Can you take this screen door over to the Habitat for Humanity restore? And I'm like, sure. So... Now I'm going over there, and then I'd made plans to pick up the motorcycle um, tomorrow night at 9 after after the seller get finished at dinner. And then he texts me while I'm at Laura's house. He goes, hey, can you meet over at the storage unit in like a half an hour? I can. We can just get the, we can pick up the bike then. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, I can do that. So now I'm running around doing that, and then I had to do another errand. And by the time I sat down, it was like 2 o'clock, and I'd done nothing. Or three o'clock, and I'd done nothing, and so, except other stuff around the house, and oh, I had to fix the sprinkler. Sprinkler head busted, and then I cut some Do trees out for you in the garden. People care that much about what you did yesterday? I feel like you're rambling. And now hmm. I now I hurt your feelings, and you don't want to talk anymore. No, I don't know what to talk about now. Go ahead. Oh, I I don't know. I was just we had a really busy day. It was stressful for me because there were hiccups. So we didn't get to record like we planned to. So here we are on a Saturday morning, off of our game. And there's dead silence on the air. So anyway, oh, you're talking. Eaten anything interesting lately? No. I I will tell people that at the cabin I discovered a patch of stinging nettle. Which I can recognize now because last year we were out playing in a creek several miles from the cabin and I had to go to the bathroom so I did what you do when you're out in the woods and I went off by myself and peed in the woods and apparently chose a patch of stinging nettle to pee over the top of and so my inner legs burned for days with red welts and nothing that I tried topically to apply to it helped so I found a patch close to where the kids play and I knew how to recognize it because I had worked on recognizing it and uh, closer to the cabin and pulled some up 
by hand because I was wearing gloves, trying not to get it on my bare arms. <clears throat> and then realized last night, I told you this while I was going to bed, that, wait a second, I wonder if I should be doing something. Now, I follow all these foraging and making the most of things that accidentally grow in your garden or... You know, there's something called purslane that is a weed that grows in our garden. And apparently people during the Depression would saute it and eat it or steam it or boil it or whatever. And that was a green that they could find growing wild that they fed their families on. And there are foragers who will go find it in urban, you know, weed patches or something and eat it. But uh, so stinging nettle, I... I was like, I, ha- I actually have several teas with stinging nettle in them. So I've been contemplating if I should somehow like create a hedge or a fence around mm-hmm. this patch and cut it and dry it and turn it into tea or something, or just keep in mind that it's there. Um, the survivalist in I, me. Yeah. And I, I kind of got I'm silly and he just wants yeah, to spray it with weed killer. And but then, no, that's your dad. But then you. We're telling me about the fact that it's in some other teas, and I walk into the house just this morning, and you hold up, see, look at this, and it's metal tea I, from her, herbal, herbal traditional medicinals, yeah, traditional medicinals or whatever. Yep, yeah. I I was actually gonna make some before we came down here, but then instead I made peppermint tea because that sounded more refreshing. I'm and full from breakfast. My dad made blueberry pancakes for breakfast. Again, people don't really care, so. Uh, no, I think people people would find it fun that your parents are living with us and your dad has made Saturday morning pancakes for you guys since you were little and our kids enjoy it as a tradition as do all the cousins when Grampy's around. Mm-hmm. Should we do anything special for our 100th episode? Like, should we... Put together know. a care package and send to somebody? Yeah, or order something with all the fans or, I don't know, I can't think of anything. Go on tour? Should we go on tour? <laughs> Yeah, when are we going to do that? Hmm. 2023. For our 100th episode. 2023, we'll do a Too Busy to Flush tour, which will include like three stops or four stops. All in Montana. We'll do live live recordings at those four stops. Uh, So I I can't think of anything special to do that I actually want to follow through on. I'm still trying to get the, my kids to well, I would try doing giveaways, but all the all the things that make giveaways easy, randomizing selections, you know, you have to include all your social media accounts, pay the subscription money, blah 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 blah, blah and it's just really annoying. It's yeah, like I I don't think we should, but um, but I okay. will. So well, I'll just move. You on. guys can all virtually pat us on the back. There and we will. Here's your virtual pat on the back. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Yeah, I was trying to think. I've been thinking often about like other ways to, you know, market and things. But they, I have, I had a plan, but I don't have time to execute the plan. Like I just, I literally cannot find the time to be in the studio working on anything right now, and it's just frustrating. And, and the other problem is, you know, I get stuck watching these reels, and people make Instagram and TikToks that are silly. And just take their take time and have nothing to do with but who they are them. and what they do, and they do it because that's how you get views and that's how you mm-hmm. generate enough momentum for people to come watch you. And I, 
I just have so much trouble imagining myself doing that. I hate seeing videos of myself anyway. And that stuff so, takes so much time, and I think it's largely stupid. I mean, I think there all are it's people just really who build stupid. build followings based on it, right? But you know, social media—it's yeah. I want. I want. Uh, so well, well, I was but... at the cabin for a week straight. You guys, I was completely off of the internet, and it was so good for my soul. I, it was just. It really is important to totally unplug. And for me, I'm going to shut down the internet at the house sometime and just not tell anybody. Okay. Uh, So we had an interesting conversation on Telegram before I unplugged. And I can't remember. Oh, I know exactly how the thought process started for me. I was thinking about you signing all of the kids up for the Big Sky State Games, which Mm -hmm. is a regional sort of mini olympics if you will all there's these different an, a national organization called like state, state games. games something or other association or whatever and so all the states have a state and games. they do a torch and, lighting yeah and, they and have... the winners did you know this the winners of the state games can go to the national state games and compete against other winners of the, the other state games no interesting yeah. so our kids this is one of the two local judo competitions that they get to compete in and JR registered them in time to get the free t-shirts, which is very important to our kids. And as though they need more clothes. And in fact, I just had somebody text me. Uh, Aniston's mom just texted me and asked if I wanted some hand-me-downs from her. And I was like, no thanks. Faith, <laughs> Faith is the third girl. We are no, drowning in girl clothes. Good. Thanks yeah. for thinking of me, though. But... uh so nobody needs more shirts. But even Lil Faith is going to do the Big Sky State Games, even though she's only been doing judo since she turned four in May. For some reason, our 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 sensei called it the... Uh, the cute division. The cute division. That was back when Elise was in the cute division <laughs> yeah. and wouldn't participate. But um, I was Lili. thinking... It was Lily that was the first cute division oh, participant. Oh, okay. I was, I was thinking about the fact that you are not competing. No. Because given Too the fact that JR blew an ACL doing throw back in 2020. Sports. Actually. We were doing what's, what's called randori, which is competition-like exercise. Where you're, you're basically, you're not at a competition, but you're going at just below competition levels you're intensity. competing in intensity uh, intentionally at the dojo as part of your training so you don't even do that anymore no because of shoulders and knees and general fragility so i started thinking you know in heaven you can do things like that without risk of injury because you have a why do you say through theoretically well we don't know we, we do we you'll have a glorified body but you, it's not specifically specified in scripture, so technically we don't know. I think we can very, very confidently extrapolate from scripture okay. that we will not suffer, suffer from the effects of the fall in our physical bodies anymore because there's no pain. And that, I think that means physical pain as well as emotional pain. There's no tears, things like that. And so, so then I got to thinking, will there be competition in heaven? And... The general consensus on the on the telegram was, yeah, probably, because competition in itself is not inherently bad. Is it is it a function of the fallen world that second place is the first place loser? <laughs> is it a function of the fallen world that some people 
are just naturally better at things than others. Um, Anna on the Telegram. <laughs> I totally missed asked, this conversation. Did you? So yeah. Anna on the Telegram asked if anybody was watching Wimbledon and got yeah, total crickets. Like, yeah. if I, like at, days later, someone's like, uh, apparently nobody's watching Wimbledon. But then I saw, and this is how I've to- totally, I'm not watching it, but one of the Williams sisters, either Serena or Venus, won women's, the women's uh, division singles, and then went on and won doubles with her partner. And that sort of physical prowess is, I think, a tremendous piece of beauty and glory and taste of glory and something to enjoy both watching someone achieve this as well as in yourself. You know, God designed our bodies to thrive and to release happiness hormones when we're exercising Mm -hmm. and when we're achieving physical accomplishments, whether it's hiking a mountain or you get this endorphin rush when you accomplish something physical that was a challenge. And so I think that that's a good part of our design that will continue on. But what will competition look like in heaven when there's no sin tainting either how our bodies are affected by our training? There will be no injury and there will be no no sinful pride in how we compete or how we judge others in watching them compete. And, you know, uh, uh, one of the challenges that we have raising prideful kids who are apples that have not fallen far from the tree is even in like little family games, our kids are really sore losers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I've, I'm very sympathetic to their struggle because I have a very clear memory of playing Pictionary as, I don't know, I was maybe Elise's age, at most Lily's age. And they didn't guess my picture because I am a terrible artist, always have been. Probably always will be, although someone out there will probably call me out on that statement and say, if you were to track practice or whatever. But um, I th- I remember throwing the marker and just storming out, just raging on the inside. That's where Titus gets it from. Oh, because he doesn't get it from you at all. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll own at least a large portion of that, but I'm not going to say he didn't get at least some of it from you, too. Fair. But... I'm very I'm actually very sympathetic to that and I want to help him develop the security in his sense in his sense of self and the joy in the other things you derive from playing a game with your family that isn't completely demolished both relationally and in your personal satisfaction and then in your getting stuck in your pride you can't come back into mm-hmm. the game and your uh you know just there's so many heart issues that bubble up to the surface in a family game night. And it's it, it's it hurts the kids in a good way to try to address that with them and help them grow. And, you know, if you're playing, I don't know, will there be, now I'm moving off of competitive sports, will there be Monopoly? You know, board games like Monopoly or Life in Heaven. <laughs> and... You know, what does it look like? Or chess. You know, if you, you're you're a fallen, finite, not fallen, in heaven, we will still be finite. We will have 
human creaturely limitations, but will we, would a chess master make a mistake while playing chess? Yeah, you're talking about, like, we have limitations, but are there going to be, like, is everybody going to be equally smart? Like, we're all going to have the same smartness level, or will we not? We're not going to, you know, a bodybuilding competition. There are people whose bodies are just more suited Mm -hmm. to lifting heavy weights. And what would, what, in an ideal, in a glorified world, what would a bodybuilding competition or a weightlifting competition or a racing competition look like? I mean, I can. I think I can confidently say that you could do judo in heaven and not blow out a knee. But mm-hmm. would you be as good as Coach Josh, who you know has oh. competed at the Olympic level with yeah. judo? Pre- I, I probably, think probably not. not. I mean, we're probably not going to be experts at. I would expect we wouldn't be experts at everything because of those limitations. But but here's a fun thought. You you know you have your brown belt now. And now you work some Tuesdays and Thursday nights, so your progress to your black belt will be even slower than it has been. But in heaven, will we feel... Cons- we, we're creatures, so we're still constrained by time and space. But will we feel the pressures of time? You know, the stress that I get trying to get all the kids out the door to get to meet somebody at the pool... By four o'clock and we get there at four thirty because that's just how life seems I kinda, to go. I kind of feel like it's it's not a we're suddenly gonna be perfect at everything. It's more of a we there is a pure and uncorrupted sense of pursuit and fulfillment that's not from a sinful, prideful part of ourselves. So we can still practice and participate in those things and pursue activities. Um, in the new heavens and the new earth, uh, but without any sort of corruption or tainting of selfishness or pride or mm-hmm. egotism. Like our pursuit is pure because our pursuit is out of the glory of, of, of is, you know. Do you think is a marathon, training for a marathon, you're talking about heart stuff. Do you think you'd have sore muscles? Because that's a healthy part of growing, right? You, you know, sore muscles are a result of lactic acid from straining, mm-hmm. but it's because you're getting I mean, stronger. I, yeah, there's nothing. I mean, I'm not. I don't know that there's a. Uh, I don't know that an argument can necessarily be made one way or the other, but it may. God did design our bodies to function and grow a certain way. We're always decaying, so perhaps it's more of a, without any sort of decay and death involved, it's more of a constant um, constant growth or maintenance mode, almost. What if, what if... Because we're designed to eat food. We're designed to expel waste. Waste, expelling yeah, waste is sinful. we will still poop in heaven. Yeah, so does that mean, oh, well, would we have painful gas in heaven? Maybe that's the way God designed our bodies. I don't know. No, not painful gas. Just gas. Just, Just fun gas. gas. <laughs> fun. Well, fart All jokes, the gas is going to be... Will fart jokes still be funny in heaven? <laughs> all, <Here> ga- <laughs> all gas is going to be pleasant and enjoyable. It's going to smell like flowers and rainbows. Okay. Okay. 
We have now descended into potty talk, and I remember something it's else. because our show is called Too Busy to Flush. It is. I have to pull this up. I feel like I screen grabbed, and uh, and I saved this conversation for the show. I feel like I screen grabbed something before we even went to the cabin. There was a... There it is. So I started following this... I have a follow-up thought about sore muscles. Okay. Good. Let, let's tie up the heaven thing before we go on to poop. Okay. So I enjoy the feeling... Your body releases endorphins. Your body does certain things that that when you're done exercising, this says this was a good thing. So muscle soreness to me is more of a is perhaps less of a I taxed them and they've got to regrow because they've been destroyed, but more of a um, of a I've just exercised them appropriately and this is a very good thing. So the muscles because muscle soreness it doesn't it's not a painful I'm not sitting there going oh like it's sometimes like sometimes you are yeah I feel like I've been hit by a truck because I'm you know stiff you know I don't think you're gonna have the stiffness necessarily what? but there's a lot of good feelings like I love I, I like the feeling of being kind of sore like after a workout you and know? what if you can have that feeling without in a redeemed way yeah, exactly. Where it's there's nothing exactly. negative. It's not actually soreness. Like there's a word that we don't doesn't exist in our language right. yet or in any language to describe the I'm growing and I'm stretching because that's what I was designed to do in whatever capacity. You know, if you want to become a good, uh, you have eternity to practice art. Going back to my weakness in art, I have eternity to sit with masters and to learn wonderful skills that I don't have the time. Or the the mm-hmm. la- I have the laziness issue, and all of these other fallen human constraints that, and then the frustration, like, well, that is not what I intended that brushstroke to look like. I'm gonna wad this whole paper up and throw it away. So you take away the the angsty frustration at having failed, and you just get to experience growth in a redeemed way in your muscle right. soreness so you you feel the result of having of the lactic acid and of the stretching and growing and it's you feel it but it's in a redeemed way that wouldn't be described as soreness yeah no I, that's a good way to put it like in a, in, a, in a redeemed way so you can pursue activities that you don't know or you can excel in things that you're interested in here that you don't know about but in a redeemed in a redeemed way like you're not going to go oh i'm just i'm perfect at this yeah. And it's like, no. I mean, as a kid, you're always like, well, when we get to heaven, we get, everything's going to be perfect. Like, we're on perfect slopes, perfect skiing ability, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> but if you look at if you look at just the small... Perfect skiing conditions, if you maybe. Look, if you look at the... the Without the threat of an avalanche crushing you. If, but if you look at this extremely small window that God gives us to look through of pre-fall relationship with humanity... He's given us he's given us uh, a home, this earth. He's given us a job to care for the earth, tend the animals, be productive, flourish. That's that's the life God has designed for us. And our relationship with him, you know, I, I've heard growing up, you hear a lot of people say, oh, when we get to heaven, it's not going to matter because we're just going to be worshiping God all the time. It's going to be perfect. and We're going to love it. And I don't see that. I don't see that in scripture. I see I see us having a perfect relationship with God, walking with God. Which means that we do worship him perfectly mm-hmm. because everything we do is worship. Right, exactly. But you know, they're kind of 
caricature is we're all just going to be doing on nothing clouds but of harps. on clouds of harps, you know, prostrate in front of a throne all the time for eternity. Um, but, you know, when you see that picture of, I, I think the new heavens and the new earth are going to go back towards what that originally was. You know, we're not going to have the toil of labor on the ground. We're still going to have, uh, you know, we'll be able to live. We won't have death, but there will always be uh, our human limitations coupled with, you know, with the lack of uh, sinful barriers, you know. So there's always going to be kind of a redemptive progression maybe of, maybe maybe it's, you know, you go really far out and say, okay, maybe this is like, you know, the progressives are like, we need to progress the human race. Well, maybe this is the the perfect progression of the human race as we develop and grow, but without sin and a perfect relationship with God and all, everything is everything is completely... You know, you mentioned there won't be death, which for human <clears throat> beings is 100% true. I've always wondered if we'll still be eating meat in heaven. Yeah, I don't know. And all, but also... This goes a little... Now, when you it, say heaven, you mean... New heavens, new, new, new earth. earth. That's okay. my shorthand for right, when fine. Jesus returns and sets all things right. But... And some people think, well, I think we'll be living clouds, in a, in a another dimension. And, and, Speaking of yeah. which, I'm gonna, I'll have to post this on our Instagram, but John Christ has a hilarious little bit on Instagram that I didn't save, I don't think, but about Lazarus and the three days that he was in heaven. And then he's in his mansion and he's just chilling and thinking how cool this is. Oh, yeah. And then John Chris was like, uh, Lazarus? So, yeah, we don't usually do this, but he's like, what? <laughs> don't send me back down there. Like, he's like, anyway, he just, he, he plays it up really well and it's funny to imagine Lazarus yeah. being resurrected and, you know, not finding it nearly as cool as everybody else did. <laughs> but uh, I was thinking, as you were talking about death and humans cultivating the earth, there will still be plants dying. Because God designed plants to have a natural life cycle. And if we're going to have wildflowers or flowers in heaven in general, mm-hmm. that means, or fruit, that means that a, a tree or whatever has to go through a life cycle and i was marveling this while we were up at our cabin that how incredibly fine-tuned nature is that the wildflowers we have at the cabin have this precise growing season where up in the mountains of montana wildflowers have a very short growing season so they do everything they come up they get green they make flowers they turn into seeds and then they die off and the seeds lay dormant for 10 more months be it through the drought through the winter through the cold spring until they come up and they do their same thing with a really short growing season and they make these we the wildflowers up there this year you guys are stunning just rainbows of carpet yellows and pinks and purples and whites and blues dark purples light purples just field after field of them and enough that when i was growing up i would go hiking with my parents Mm -hmm. in the beartooth mountains and my parents would forbid us from picking wildflowers because alpine wildflowers are were rare enough there that you pick a flower that's how it reproduces and you have stopped so we had a rule that you couldn't pick a flower unless there were a couple like a certain number more within a foot of that flower and at at our cabin our kids just 
willy-nilly walk around. Every time they come inside, they have a handful of lupins and daisies because they're everywhere. And But just how, how incredible it is that flowers in the you know, wildflowers in the southern part of the United States have an entirely different growing season. And God designed them to flourish on that growing season. And wherever you go in the world, the um, the growing season for something that's native to that area is designed for that environment. I don't know. For some reason, it just struck me up there. It's incredible that these flowers have what it takes to to thrive in these conditions you that make, are so precise You make an interesting year. comment about with the juxtaposition of death and life cycles. Um, I've, I, part of me just really feels like there's a, there's a, there's a mystery here. We'll never understand, you know, and I was, it kind of sent me on the track of like exploring, like if that was the, if you didn't have death, but you still had this life cycle concept where things either went dormant or came back, but didn't necessarily die in the sense of that we know of death. Um, and you have people who pursue science, you know, understanding things. Right now, scientists, I think, yeah, they, maybe I'm a cynic, but they, it always seems to me they're, they're less interested in exploring the universe for the sake of ex- exploration and more interested in promoting an ideology or proving an ideology or um, uh, uh, promoting or, the, promoting the human race. Or so now progressing the human understanding race. Understanding with a desire to control right nature. Now imagine a scientist who you have you have a god, and I'm sure there who, are some of them out there. Yeah. Now you have a you have a uh, a new heavens and a new earth now where there are life cycles here, but humans still don't understand it because we're finite, right? So now you have a, a pursuit of science and understanding that all points as it should be back to the creator God and who he is. Mm -hmm. You know, he opens those worlds up for us to explore and understand and know, but it's all from, you know, a, a pure motive of, of understanding who he is, the joy of just exploring those things, Mm -hmm. going back to conversations we've had about why we want to homeschool and, you know, just understanding who and exploring them for the sake of praising God for them. Because he's given us that joy and that ability. Like, that to me sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I don't know. I th- there's gonna, there's definitely going to be mysteries here we'll never understand. Speaking of mysteries, you wanted to go down to toilet humor. Oh, right. Yes. I'm going to pull this up after I take a drink of my peppermint tea. So I started following an Instagram account called Body Talk Basics. And it's a woman who produces a guide for, I I know it's for moms to work through with daughters who are approaching puberty. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a boy version of it too, but I've seen it promoted. People will talk about how much they appreciate it. Right. You're going to crush it. Uh, But I'll, I'll have you share a link to it or something. I don't know enough about it to promote her, but I started following her in order to try to understand if it's something that I should be, you know, if it's something I would like enough to promote to people. Like for younger kids, the Birds and Bees account, uh, Mary Flo is her name, 
and then she's got a younger partner that she brought in. We talked about birds and bees before. I really like their Maybe program. Flo Riley or something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so for younger kids, if you guys mm. have young kids and you haven't checked out the birds and bees, I really like their stuff. The body talk seemed like a natural next step for me to start exploring. So the the day I start following her, she does a series on toilets and pooping, and her and the her, benefits of a footstool. Yes, she did actually talk about... Okay, so no, I think it actually started out because... Okay, this is probably more than information than a lot of people want to know. But but for a woman, sitting down to both pee and poop or like peeing in the woods, like the squatting position, is actually ideal physiologically for both peeing and pooping. And so she suggested that people get squatty potties, which are the stools in front of your toilets. If you don't already have them, I have one partly because we have a tall toilet and my legs fall asleep because JR is so tall. If I can't rest my feet on something, because my feet would literally dangle <laughs> on our toilet. But but so so a woman's body is actually designed to squat down and a man's body to squat down to poop. And so she was talking about, like, if you go... Um, outdoors stores and backpacking things for women who are going to have trouble in certain environments squatting down. They make these like cup things with a pointed funnel on them Mm -hmm. that you can put against yourself and pee like basically like a guy and it funnels your pee away from you. And she said those might be convenient and nice for certain occasions. Although she's like, if you're out in the woods and you, how do you store this or, you know, wash it after you use it? So she was like, I find the whole premise really questionable considering that you could just squat down. But she also said it's actually to to have a habit of that would be bad for your body because it wouldn't allow you to empty your bladder thoroughly every time, which is important for infection and things like that to really empty your bladder thoroughly when you go pee. We should tell boy dogs that, you know, they walk around saving their pee so they can pee on everything. Empty your bladder completely, boys. Uh, But... Uh, so, so then she starts talking about how I think they generate it. How pooping daily, at least daily, if not two to three times a day, is actually really important for your body because it's one of your body's main ways of flushing out toxins. Wait, pooping how many times a day? Uh, two to three, at least daily, if not two to three times a day. Okay, I'm okay then. And so, um, because your body expels all sorts of toxins. Mm-hmm through pooping and if it if your poop sits in your system the toxins start reabsorbing back in through your intestines and your colon yeah and no i think a lot of people you're you're acting like this is common knowledge i don't think this is super common knowledge that constipation is a problem for a lot of reasons including the fact that your excrement is being reabsorbed into your body if it's sitting in your intestines and your colon rather than being excreted as it was designed to do. For women in particular, our bodies flush out excess hormones through our excrement. Thank God. If you guys didn't do that, well, you'd be a hard, horrible to be around. No, no, no. It's not just an emotional thing. It's actually <laughs> like women who have hormonal mm-hmm. imbalance issues, it's very important that they... They support their bodies to flush out the excess hormones because if your body's working in perfect sync, when there's excess hormones in your system, you you poop them out. And if you're not pooping, do dudes do the same thing? Probably. I don't know. I mean, this is so she's guys. She's, I mean, guys. I don't think guys are. 
do guys have a lot of hormonal imbalances? How does that work? It's always women are always talking about this. Obviously, I think from the from the correct me if I'm wrong from the from the fact that you've got to do a lot of um, child nurturing in well, child. And there's also there's a it's actually an incredible hormonal balance that allows you to ovulate regularly, to be fertile. To right for childbearing purposes. To stay purposes. pregnant for childbearing to... purposes, I'm saying men. There's no discussion on that because apparently men don't have that same problem. I I don't know. I've studied know this either. from the perspective of women. I mean, I think Maybe it's really important. Don't care. I think it's really important for men to be Some pooping regularly too. But I'm not sure if oh, yeah. the hormone thing Just is for involved joy. in that. But for for women, so I'm I'm curious if anybody else out there who likes crunchy things like I do has heard this but there's there's this fad right now to encourage women to eat a raw carrot a day can I can I ask you what what do you put expelling do I categorize that for the show notes as human waste how do I write this whole section I'm just trying to figure that out because I've got toilet talk hormones just clues so I can write up my show summary pooping I mean I just feel like putting pooping in there is a little bit base but Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I. Okay, I'll think about sorry, it. Sorry, I'm. Go ahead. I'm on a roll. I'm having trouble I switching I'm to. I'm sorry. Show titles. Keep your, keep your roll. Keep your roll. So, so somehow the fiber in a carrot helps you absorb and then flush out excess hormones. So there's a certain style of nutritional eating right now that promotes women eating a raw carrot a day and anyway so this gal's talking about the importance body talk basics she says and i'm going to read a series of slides to you since we somehow ended up talking about toilets i thought i'd share some interesting things i learned a while back about bowel movements you have two anal sphincters so a sphincter is the round muscle that contracts and uh, there's a, I'm going to send you this. There's an Operation Ouch kids video on sphincters where they look at a pig's anus oh, and understand yeah. the sphincter muscle and having two British twin doctor twins explaining that to kids is both funny and enlightening. So you have the external sphincter. I'm back to reading Body Talk Basics. You have an external sphincter that you're well acquainted with. It's the one you have the ability to keep clamped shut when you're in the middle of a meeting and feel a bowel movement coming on. Now it gets pretty amazing. When digested food makes it to the rectum, it bumps up against your second internal sphincter. Uh, the internal sphincter... And this is an involuntary muscle. ...is very wisely... So digested food is... There's two sphincters. Digested food hits the first sphincter, and it... It lets only a teeny tiny bit of whatever has hit the internal sphincter through. And it the technical term for this is anal sampling. Uh, that in between the internal sphincter and the external sphincter is a zone that contains super special sensor cells that exist nowhere else in the body that determine whether the sample from the rectum is solid, liquid, or gas. So, this, these sensor cells in between the internal sphincter and the external sphincter are how you can confidently know that you're passing gas and you're not 
Unless you're sick, and then those apparently cells get really confused. Those sensor cells get really confused. Yes, and our kids know what a shart is, but they don't know what a shart stands for. (laughs) Titus does. So Lily probably does too. I don't know. No, I do. Okay, so she says, but butt, but there's more. Uh, Now that your body knows what it's working with, thanks to anal sampling, it's up to your external sphincter. While the internal sphincter opens and closes involuntarily in response to something being in your rectum, your external sphincter is a little more civilized. It actually cares if you're in the middle of a date or teaching a lesson or driving your kids to basketball practice, and it will, ideally, stay closed until you are in a more socially acceptable place to poo. Do you ever think about how much of your social status you owe to your external sphincter? (laughs) That's funny. Do you believe everything you read on Instagram or do you treat some stuff with skepticism? Oh, I treat, I, I actually, believe it or not, <laughs> I actually treat a lot of stuff that I read with skepticism, but I, I find it really interesting to, especially in the health world, because mm-hmm. I, after listening to the book, The End of Craving, I am fairly averse to most vitamin supplements now, believing that we should get most of it from our food and that our body, that supplementing actually is, first of all, most of the supplementing is synthetic. And second of all, throws our body into a cascade of imbalances that uh, we're creating artificially. Which brings me to, you made a comment about you know, there's a fad, eat a carrot a day or something like that right now, which uh, the, the health podcast we like, he would argue that that's, that's, there's no magic formula here. Uh-huh. It's not, there's no magic drink. There's no magic supplement. There's no magic food. You're talking about the model health show. Yeah. But there's, you, you, what you're doing is you're stacking the deck in your favor is how he likes to put it. You know, you're do, taking these practices. I mean, a carrot a day, Sure. Why not just eat vegetables on a really regular basis and make carrots one of those vegetables? Right. You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And but but even so, <laughs> I mean, there's so many different opinions. It will be fascinating to get to heaven and discover how God really created yeah. our body. So going back to the end of craving, he opens the book by talking about this big study that the U.S. government funded, whether a keto diet or a grain based diet is best for you. And after, I don't know if it was six months or a year of people following these different diets, their health situation was equal between the two groups. Their weight loss, their general, all the main markers that they use to monitor health was the same depending on the diet. So this huge study that was supposed to be definitive was more ambivalent than ever when the scientists running Mm. the study walked out of it. And, you know, you you want to follow, go down rabbit holes of health people. There are people in the world who only eat fruit, who swear by a fruit-only diet. There are people in the world who swear by a meat-only diet. And you look at the pictures of these people or the videos these pictures are making uh, on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube or whatever, and these people all look like this specimen of physical health. And this person only eats meat and swears that vegetables are trying to kill you in addition to grains and all the things. And then there's people who only eat raw fruit, raw vegetables. There's a guy on Instagram right now who's only eating raw meat, 
Like, he goes into Whole Foods and buys a raw salmon and goes and sits on the patio outside of Whole Foods and eats the raw salmon meat or raw chicken or raw whatever. He only is eating for a year raw meat. And... You know that you know. There's people who are like, "Oh my gosh, he's gonna have so many parasites." And I feel like there's only cooked I, vegetables because there's anti nutrients in raw vegetables, and that's their vegetables designed man, to keep I, other people from eating them. Is that you know that if he only does this for you, people who do things, I'm gonna try this for a year. It's like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like people have been, somebody's already done this. Somebody's already gone down this route. Like just stop. Well, no, for me. So you're asking me if I believe everything that I watch on Instagram. And the answer is no. But it's really interesting to mm-hmm. see this guy had a lot of chronic health problems that yeah. he is not experiencing anymore now that he's eating only raw meat. But what was he eating before? I, that I don't know. See, that's you can't. Yeah. So by, it's funny. We were having a conversation last night. Were you in the room when we were talking about? Yeah, I was. I was telling you that I think I feel like. In this day and age, there was a headline. You guys, there was a headline that came out. Molly was telling me about it yesterday. I was just like, ah, oh, stupidity. And I feel like, you know, on both sides, um, politically and ideologically, I think there's a lot of stupidity sometimes. <laughs> a part of me feels like there's COVID is going to be synonymous with the age of stupid. People have been like, oh, this is the COVID age and in, in Sort of humanity. like we look back on the Mad Hatter era. We're like, you were yeah. rubbing lead with your bare hands into things and you're all going crazy and your teeth were falling out and you had no idea what was going on. I really? Just, I feel like there's so much stuff out there that like COVID is the stupidity of the, like, oh, that was the era. That was the COVID area. But COVID is not going to mean the virus. COVID is going to mean human stupidity. There's just a rampant amount of ridiculousness. Man, get offline. Just go live really good lives, people. Sorry. I'll I, I mean, rant. <laughs> really, that is the the end of the story, right? So there's a poem. I'll end with this. There's a quote that is often attributed to Elizabeth Elliot, but it actually comes from a poem that I can't remember the source of right now. That basically the point is just do the next right thing. That's how you should live your life is don't get caught up in all the whirl and swirl and the what should I be feeding my family and what should I, you know, should I pull my family off of eating sourdough bread and only feed them raw meat? We would go broke, by the way, if we did that. And, you know, how do how am I going to survive the coming storm of society and if there is one, if there is in. one, because, you know, yeah, did do, do everybody re- thought Y2K too. <laughs> right. And so, you know, how do I, how do I, how do I, like, you can worry yourself. And we talked about this when my bean plants weren't growing up right before we left for mm. the, our break, our block, podcasting break for the cabin. And literally the day after I was like, my second round of beans isn't coming up. They sprouted. And it's amazing how fast a bean sprout when it decides to come up I mean it'll grow like an inch a day it's wild you could probably almost sit and watch it grow not quite but close and now they're you know three inch high baby plants after two weeks of us being gone and you know that like the best you can do is do the next right thing and trust the Lord to provide for you and fret not because and again I know I mentioned this a couple weeks ago you can make tremendous plans. You can be Job and have a warehouse, warehouses full of food or the man in the proverb or the parable that Jesus tells and kick back and relax and uh, say I'm set for the 
coming season and God's like, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. But you can also work like an ant, you know, Proverbs, go to mm-hmm. the ant, you sluggard, consider his ways and be wise, work your tail off. And the proverb is the best case scenario, but Job and the Psalms are the antidote to living in a real world where raise up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Doesn't always work out like that. Yeah. Um, so the, the do the next right thing unspoken in that short quote is, and trust God to take care of you in the storm of life that's going on. I think that's, you. that's the, for me that it tends to be the, the, where the focus needs to be. It doesn't matter how much, how much you decide to prepare or grow or whatever you decide to do or parent right or parent right or, or how prepare much for the competition to collect or whatever it doesn't matter how much where you land there that's that's not the important piece the important piece that no matter what you decide to do you are constantly making sure that your trust your orientation is God focused and not your effort focused. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can build the biggest storehouse ever, but if you are relying, if your heart is oriented towards relying on that and your efforts to keep you alive and keep your your needs provided for and not God, that's going to be a problem. You also have to recognize that we live in a fallen world, so there there is an, an element of uh, taking care of ourselves that we have to do. But we also have to remember that as we take care of ourselves, it's God ultimately who's taking care of us for us. So it's a balance, but that it's like the heart orientation for me is everything in that in that picture. Yeah. Because, you know, whether somebody wants to collect, you know, container, bury containers full of supplies for the end of the world. Great. Is that where your heart is, though? Like, is it, is it buried there with your <laughs> with your stuff or have you just. You and just feel like... I think you could say the same for physical health. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do all the right things, even if you did know what the perfect diet was, and you could feed yourself and your family the perfect diet, because we live in a fallen world, and because we have a good God who <clears throat> knows what's best for us beyond ourselves, he will allow physical suffering... You know, he will let your kids get cancer or your spouse get cancer or you to have a car accident. If you're the perfect specimen of health or to blow out your knee, mm. whatever it is, God in his loving kindness to us allows suffering into our lives because he knows that that's what's best beyond our own understanding. And we still are to take care of our bodies and to feed our kids well and, you know, whatever whatever we deem in our wisdom to be the best way to do that. Right. Ultimately, there's a function of living in a fallen world and God using that fallen world to grow us into the God-dependent, God-loving, other-loving, God-glorifying people that he made us to be and that he is shaping us to be through the same sort of hardship that a sculptor puts a piece of wood or a piece of stone through in order to eventually end up with a beautiful statue. And that's that's always the tension there, you know. You know, like in competition terms, it is up to you, but it isn't up to you at the same time. Yeah. And I, you know, maybe, you know, kind of going full circle, maybe in the new heavens and the new earth, that that tension won't be there anymore. You won't have that tension there anymore where there's that um, just that like is it's up to me. It's it's about how much I train. It's about how hard I work. It's about is whether or not I'm going to succeed 
when ultimately, you know, if if God ordains that I'm going to lose this fight, no matter how hard I train, I'm going to lose the fight. And we know that God is sovereign and ordains all things. So it's really hard to imagine having the tension like that disappear. Yeah. So, but I mean, maybe I'm guessing that there's going to be a lot like that tension is not going to be there anymore because a lot of like when you were talking about Titus at the beginning of the show and yourself and me, um, the competition, we get prideful, you know, our competition, we get angry and prideful when we lose and all the things. And it's like, I've worked really hard for this and I lost and I'm angry and I'm sad and all the emotions and you just won't have that perhaps. It's a really hard Because those imagine. are all selfish, sinful oriented. I can only imagine. I hate that song. <laughs> oh, I hate contemporary Christian music. Okay. All right. Um, that's a conversation for another time, you guys. Or not. Thanks for um, joining us today. We are at uh, an hour, so I'm going to wrap up the show before. We should have done drags. 100 minutes for our 100th episode. Oh, man. That's but that's like 40 double, more minutes of talking. That's double. And nobody wants to do that. No. I think there's some people out there who are like, oh, that'd be awesome because I do like. No, I bet they'd get whatever. bored. We'd run out of stuff to say. Um, Actually, I do have a whole nother conversation. We wouldn't, we wouldn't run out of stuff to say. <laughs> I do have a whole nother. I know, because JR knows. You You guys know me too well by now. I, I could lecture JR all day on things. <sighs> so, anyway, um, if you'd like to uh, give us any feedback on the show, if you'd like to participate in this conversation offline, the best place to do that is our Telegram group. There's an app, a secure app called Telegram. And, I mean, it's only as secure as... Uh, web 2.0 can be but um you can the uh you can jump on that chat room and 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 interact and converse with other fans and listeners of the show a lot of the conversations as molly has mentioned uh when we started the show don't even revolve around show topics they're just they're there but it's a great community great group of people the link to join that group it's a private group is in the show notes click that link sign up or if you're already on there, just add that group to your list. And we hope to see you there. If you'd like to be a little more traditional, you can send us an email at tb the number 2f, tb2f at pm, papamike.me, tb2f.me. You can also jump on our website at www.tb2f.com or too busy to flush, all grammatically correct.com. And you can uh, listen to recent episodes and scroll down and order t shirts and mugs and also uh, send us a postcard there if you'd like so with that episode 100 is going to throw everybody off because i'm going to hopefully post it today on a saturday which is super weird and it's going to like people are going to wait until tuesday to check their feeds and they're like hey i missed one how did i miss one um anyway there you go that's all i got okay all right i've already forgotten everything i was going to send you linkwise, so you're going to have to just this operation now sphincter muscle that's it that's the one i couldn't remember there you go all right guys Talk to you soon.